Welcome back to Currently with Curator, where I share my latest style obsessions, all of which you can access through my shopping community, Curator. Holiday season is officially here, and if you haven't started gift shopping yet, I've got some major incentives. My team and I have created a stylish gift guide that caters to everyone and anyone on your list, from the party planners to the modern mamas and way beyond. On a budget, we've got you covered with favorites for every price point starting at under $25. And while you're there, check out my latest seasonal edit filled with the items I'll be giving as gifts this year. And as a special treat, first-time shoppers can take an additional 20% off our already reduced prices with code HEELS20. That's H-E-E-L-S 20. So what are you waiting for? Visit curator.com, that's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com to shop the guide and get glamorous gifts for all. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zoe and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have someone very exciting, a legend, an icon, a woman who actually has been working since she was 11 months old. I'm pretty sure every day since. She's an actress, a model, a mother, an author, a comedian. The list goes on and on, and I'm lucky enough to call her a friend for many, many years. Everyone, please welcome the amazing Brooke Shields. So everyone knows, okay, Brooke Shields, Brooke Shields, Brooke Shields. Like she's like, because people that know you now, right, that meet you later in your life, they're like, well, she's just this amazing force. She's so strong. She's so gorgeous. She's so incredible. She's a mom. She's this, she's that. But you have had a freaking life. Like, I don't even know how else to say it, but you have lived life. I feel like I've lived life. You have lived life. I have known you for probably more than half my life, which is really amazing. And one of the funniest things I remember is the first time I ever worked with you on a shoot. I remember we had such a laugh because we didn't have the right shoe. We had like 600 pairs of shoes, but not the right shoe. And you and I are like the same shoe size, which is the funniest thing ever. So I ended up using from from like my personal archives, you ended up putting on my shoes and you looked at me and you go, why is your foot the same size? And I was like, yeah, this is the hell that I I could I could hold you like a baby. <laughs> a friend of mine like, calls me a Polly Pocket. I don't, I'm like, what is a Polly Pocket? I'm like, oh, I used to love Polly Pockets. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no. And and actually, that was always a big problem, having such small feet and being my size. Uh-huh. I've had four corrective surgeries. Oh I've got pins. I've got staples. I am held together with, by titanium. <laughs> and it's because you try being my size on these little baby feet. It just doesn't just make any sense. Love you. I mean, it's it's hard to like fit your life into, you know, a 30, 40 minute podcast. But I think for me, there's so many things to highlight and talk about about you. But I think one of the things I really want to touch on is that you started working basically from birth. <laughs> I was 11 months old. Yeah. 
Um, I'm not quite sure how much I had to say about uh, it. Well, uh, yeah, clear, <laughs> clearly. But uh, mom, <laughs> this is my vocation. <laughs> but it was one of those, it was an era, you know, it was in 66. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't know, a single mom. And she was fabulous and sort of this single mom living in New York City, which is unheard of at the time. And she was friends with photographers and artists and makeup artists. And and that was her scene, yeah. you know, and she was she was a woman who had gams, yeah. you know, and lots of her friends were creatives. And and then she had this baby, you know, and somebody said, Hey, you know, that kid should model. And you know, she didn't really take it that seriously. Of course, every mom thinks they have the most beautiful baby in the world. And we all do. Mm-hmm. And then Scavula called her and said, hey, Terry, the client doesn't like any of the babies that they've got for this ivory so bad. Um, will you bring the baby into the studio? And, you know, I had had my nap at that point and all these kids <laughs> were miserable and screaming. And and I looked the part and they, they said, you know, can, does she know how to kiss? <laughs> and um, and my mom was like, it's probably one of the first things, you know, she taught me is, you know, k- k- you know, of doing this with your face. And so, um, see, I was a, I was an influencer then. <laughs> so actually, been on you Instagram were the original. Now. You were actually the very first influencer. I <laughs> the, actually the am going to go duck face. <laughs> the kissy face was me at 11 months old. Um, and, and then, it, you know, we got paid. And here my mom was like, listen, we're we'll get paid for this. This is amazing. Yeah. And it just, it just snowballed going. Yeah. It, it, you know, it snowballed and then it, you know, it, it's more peaks and valleys, yeah. but I will say that something was continuously happening, whether it was good or bad. Right. Um, for the next, you know, 56 years. <laughs> <laughs> Casual. Casual. Yeah. Um, like for the next five, <laughs> are they going to be like for the next like few years? And then I became a teenager. I think the question I have for you, because clearly you still work so hard, you're still obviously very visible. And so I guess my question is because, you know, I've had a similar thing since my kids were born of like, oh, put those boys in front of the camera, put those, but, you know, and again, like your mom, that those are my people, right? Like that's what right. I'm around. I've been on set for my entire adult life, right? You know, and, right. but again, not as a child as the mom, right? And so I think the question is, so you grew up around it, you probably were just adored beyond. But I think the real question becomes like, when you were old enough, and I don't know at what age that was for you, but to sort of have your voice and say your voice, were you like, I love working, I want to keep doing this, and I love this? Or were you like, hey, I want to be a kid, I want to take a pause? No, it was it was much more seamless than that. I had so much fun doing it. Yeah. And I went to regular schools. Right. That's what I was going to ask you. Right. It was like, it was a sport for me. You know, like when other kids were playing soccer or doing whatever, I was going to photo shoots, but it afforded us really fun experiences. Even when I was a little kid, like we would, you know, they would, we would be doing catalogs, um, you know, it'd be gimbals or Alexander's or something. And they would, put us all in a big Winnebago and we'd go to the Catskills or whatever. And we would have to have fun, you know, yeah. in these places, yeah. but showing off the clothes. Yeah. And then 
you know, we got stuff from it, right? You know, we got to move to a nicer apartment. Yeah, of course. You know, I got to go to a good school mm-hmm. and, you know, we bought a Jeep. And yep. so it was all sort of very hand to mouth. And, but my mom always had me stay in New York. Yeah. Never went to professional children's school. Yeah. So although it was very visible, it wasn't the primary focus in my life, which is important. Which was, I think, extremely grounding. Yes. You know, it wasn't until I, you know, you talk about having agency or having your own voice. And I mean, I'm ashamed to say, but a lot of it I just recently discovered. You know, I sort of found a lot when I had my kids. Yeah. but, But being in this industry for so long, you don't have to learn how to have an opinion. Right. As long as you're behaving, it doesn't matter. Sure. It certainly doesn't matter to anybody else. Right, of course. But, you know, you get approved of, so you sort of go like, oh, well, I don't even have to know how I feel about this because <laughs> everybody likes me and I'm working, doing it, and and it's all fine. You know, it's like I said to you that unbelievable day when you <laughs> went into the abomination that was my closet <laughs> and you were like, huh, Okay. And I was like, well, do you know anybody who can like go through clothes? And you're like, oh, that's what I do. And, um, but I said to you, you were like, well, what do you, what do you envision? What's your style? And I, I was dumped. Yeah. I didn't, I had no answer for you, you know, because that's not what I did. Yeah. I wore my top side was my jeans and a t-shirt and I took everything off, put their clothes on, went through the number of poses put my clothes back on and that was it. I never cultivated a style. I didn't even know who all my stuff came from thrift shops before it was cool. So um, you actually coined the term without knowing it, model off duty. You've heard that, right? I have. It's one of my favorite things cuz I I always use the term model off duty for these superhuman beings, beauties from another planet that just can throw on like a tank and jeans and sneakers and wet yeah. hair. But here's what's so interesting. So the way you speak about the model industry, because a hundred, I mean, that's how I grew up in the modeling industry. I was there on set, like kind of screaming a voice for the models. You know, I would sort of be like, she needs a break. Are you hungry? I would like go over with bananas and try and feed them on set, like at a turn, you know, like in between shots. And everyone's like, models love to eat while while shooting. They just look so hungry. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> and and the, the photographers were like, she's fine. She's fine. But what I'm noticing, and I'm so curious to know your thoughts on this, it's so different now in the best way, meaning the girls, oh. uh, meaning the girls do have a voice and the girls oh, do wow. say a lot and the girls do, you know, I don't know. That's just like, I yeah. feel like now when I look at like Bella and Gigi and mm-hmm. so many of these amazing girls, they are... It's almost like they are who they are, and then modeling is their job. Right. Which is really refreshing. It's interesting. Yes, I do have one daughter that is interested in it. And I fought it and kicked and screamed and just didn't, you know, and then, and she finally sort of said, you're not helping me. And I said, it's it's not that I'm not helping you. It's that the industry is so different now than it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I have the bandwidth to protect you the way my mother protected me. Right. And I never did runway. So they're talking about putting you in this show or that show or whatever. And I'm like, to me, it sounds like a nightmare because I, I just picture models eating cotton balls to lose weight and be full. And, and I never knew that 
part of it because I did the editorial. So I never did the runway. And I mean, have never fit into a a sample size or a runway size ever. I mean, I, my, my, my hands are like man hands, you know, I don't, (laughs) I don't, I'm like, a, I'm the bigger girl. I was always the healthy girl, you know? Which is so crazy. And, but, but, and then also it was a lot of my neck up. Right. I was the face sure. of this or that or whatever, right? So it, and I said to her, honey, I will, I can try opening a door. I can introduce you to people. I can, you know, the uh, an agency is going to take my call. Yes, that's the way I will help you. But we need more understanding about what this industry is first. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and she said, well, she's like, but you're my mom. I said, don't get yeah. that confused. Right. I'm yes, I'm I'm called an icon, whatever the hell it means. It feels like I should be dead, but um, but I'm a you know, whatever it is that I, people say I yes, am. Yes, you are that and all of that. Okay. And, and no, but, you shouldn't be dead. But that doesn't necessarily translate into anything in this young girl's life, you know, and that's what kids think today. Yes. They think fame yes. is, is and yes, to a certain extent, it is power. I, and I see that, but it's not all there is, you know, it doesn't, and it doesn't, it's not really valued in a, it can also just be nothing. But it, it could also like, hurt you. It could also go against. That's the thing. Right. You know? And I said, so you need, you're going to school, you're nurturing that you're going to be, you're, you're playing volleyball, mm-hmm. which she's loving, which is great. And she plays basketball. And and I said, these are the things you have to constantly nurture mm-hmm. all the while. Let's let's try to go forward with this in a in a healthy way. You know, she's been surprised mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, it, this doesn't it hurts the boning of this, you know, posing dresses sticking into my ribs. And mm-hmm. I'm like, but I so OK, so what? Well, I'm tired. Well, I don't care. Nobody cares that you're tired. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody Nobody cares you're uncomfortable. Nobody cares if you're tired. They don't want to know your opinion, you know? And, and so that's one side of it, but the other side is this. Now they have to do B-roll. Now they have to do interviews. Now they have to speak. So much more complex now. And I, I didn't have to do any of that. I just showed up, looked a certain way. Nor did they want you to. No. No, they did not want me to have any any other personality. <laughs> but okay, so this is interesting because then you went on to your life life, right? And mm-hmm. you have a strong voice. And one of the things I've loved most about knowing you is how honest and candid you are about yourself. <laughs> and and listen, I'm very self-deprecating. I take humor in myself. I criticize. I am so hyper aware of my strengths, right. my weakness. <laughs> and I'm and I'm so fine with it. That's a thing. And I think that for you, it's such it's you're such a great example of someone who was raised by obviously a very strong mother, I think um a single mother, and that seems to very interestingly be a very common thread in a lot of the women that I've mm-hmm. had on. And I think part of that is as hard as that may be as a child, I think it really, really sets an example of how to kind of be a survivor and how to kind of work really hard in your life, right? I mean, would you say you kind of absolutely? I mean, my, I, my husband and I though we we just spoke at my older daughter's uh, school, mm-hmm. and she was so blown away because she hadn't ever really seen us in action, you yeah. know, talking about our profession and talking about what we do and, and how we approach things and, and with humor and, and, and seeing me start 
beginning is now my own company mm -hmm. where I am. It's a startup is impossible. Oh my God. You know? oh my and God. it's terrifying and it's, it, you know, costly and it's all these things and it's a new language, but she's seeing me do something that terrifies me, but I'm doing it. Yeah. And, and that's for a female, I think it's important, you know, that it's not, unfortunately, you know, we're, we have to, we have to hustle all the time. Mm -hmm. We have to do it. We have to do twice as much. Uh, uh, 10X. Be and yeah. Because you add that you add, and, and I know you're a very handsome mother. And I think that in and of itself, being a CEO of your house is actually the hardest job of all. That's the and it's the least appreciated, <laughs> especially if you have daughters. And the I'm, way I'm one of two you, daughters, so yes. the way people treat you, I know you would not you would not accept in any other environment. <laughs> By the way, if I went on to set and I went like to, I, to, to my director, like if the director asked me to do something, I was like, "What? Uh, I'd be fired." That's true. Wait, it's so funny because I. A very um, dear friend of mine, he's a very successful, very successful producer, director, and he has three daughters, four daughters, excuse me, four Ooh. daughters and a, and a wife, happily married. Ooh. And he said, I come home, I get my ass kicked. He's like, <laughs> I go to work and I'm like the king. He's like, right. I just, because I'm always like, how do you keep it real? He's like, oh. I don't have any issues keeping it real. I just have to walk into my house yeah. and surrender. It's, so I it's I but I but I think that's the best. It's it's just the best. We wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, another thing my younger daughter said to me, you know, because I was so like just so terrified of all this and she she said, "Mom, I need you to trust me." She said, "You are the most normal, down to earth, famous person that I've ever seen, and and I was like, what? And it just, I never uh, thought uh, that she even knew acknowledged that I was a that anyone person, knew your right? name like, besides her. Well, you know what? It's <laughs> yes, a weird thing because they're yes. so unimpressed I know. from morning till night <laughs> that you think, oh, maybe they don't know that. Like I. I've done some things in my life, you know. So true. And, and she's like, but she's like, Mom, you've taught me. Now you have to let me do what you taught me. Aww. And it blew me away. For her to have that epiphany and for her to say it in that way. I think not only is it a lot for her to say that, but I think it's even more so for you to hear that. And yeah. also for you to be like, Maybe I'm doing something right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like those moments well, you're like, wait, I didn't totally fuck this up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't totally, like they're not going to, well, they'll probably still write a book, but um, <laughs> with, 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 about me, but, but my older one said to me, you know, she said, mom, I just love that. I can tell you anything and yeah. you don't judge me. Yeah. She said, thank you for that. Oh. I mean, I'm living off that one for, Hold for it. a decade. Hold on I mean, to that. Hold on to that. Because it's, you know, it's what I try to do. And of I course. said, you know, I have lived in judgment since the time I, I probably came out of the womb. You know, I've been, I'm always the subject of an opinion. Yeah. People have an opinion. They have a lot to say about me. They yeah. want, and they feel the need to, to say it and, <laughs> and the press and the whole thing, right? So it's, you, you grow up with that. And I said, I don't ever want my daughters to not sort of forage through 
their own opinions yeah. of themselves. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing to do. Okay. I need to talk about this because you've written multiple books. Some people write songs. <laughs> some people yeah. write books, right? Yeah. Some people just go to therapy mm-hmm. and some people hold it in and then it comes out later. So, but I think that you've just given back so much, I think, to women in general. I think that your candor and ability to talk about things that other people have not been able to talk about from like postpartum depression, the the industry. I mean, I honestly, I think 70% of my friends have suffered from postpartum um, yeah. and didn't know it, didn't huh. talk about it. Their husbands didn't notice. Um, you know, I would yeah. notice because they would say to me like, this is freaking me out. I don't, I don't like, you know, just little right. things that they would say as I was like, wouldn't let go of my baby. Cause I was like, oh my God, I've never loved so m- anything so much yeah. in my life. And I don't know what to do now because I don't know how to get back into my life. I don't know. I think the thing that I've always known about you and loved about you is that you are as real as they come. And I think to your point, a lot of that is probably growing up working. And I also want to give a little bit of credit here for the fact that you did go to Princeton. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holidays are here, and while this time of year can be wonderful, it can also be a time of enormous stress for so many people. Family time, organizing, hosting, shopping, cooking, and everything else that goes along with the holidays can be so overwhelming. It's so important to take care of yourself and take time to check in with your mental health and well-being. Using BetterHelp is the perfect way to do that without the time commitment or financial commitment of traditional therapy. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere and 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It honestly couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash heels. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heels, H-E-E-L-S. Education obviously is so important to you. And I think now you're starting a new company. It's called Beginning Is Now. Okay. And the way I help people rem- remember it is is bin, B-I-N. Think of all the stuff in your life you don't want anymore. And you throw in the bin and you get rid of it and you start again and you have new chapters. And going to, to university though was my saving my savior because it gave me the one thing that could not be chipped away yeah. at by this industry yeah. could not be taken away it could not be argued yeah you know you can't argue that you got a degree because you had to do the work yeah. you know i mean you cannot was, fake that <laughs> you you can't and and you keep the and especially with a with an institution like that and yeah. I mean, especially at the time, you know, they couldn't afford to to do anything but be really tough on me, yeah. Because they too had to prove that they weren't giving me a free ride. Yeah. So it was 
doubly hard. <laughs> and I just sort of took it as a big sort of, you know, I was flipping the world off going, yeah, yeah. really? Well, look at this. Try to take this away from me. Sure. And you can't. So I think that that was a very, there were their formative years. Yeah. There, I needed to grow in experience. I needed to learn how to live on my own. I had never done that before. Yeah. I never left my mother. Yep. You know, so there's just life experience yeah. and and pitfalls and and being afraid and picking yourself up and you know failing and then going, oh God, now what do I do? And then doing, you know, studying harder. And so I think that that just gave me time that I. If I didn't have it, I don't think I'd have any type of a foundation. Why I started Beginning Is Now is because the minute you hit, I mean, forget it, when I hit, I'm 57, but when I hit in my 40s, my kids are grown and I'm not marketed to. I'm told I'm done. Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I now am more of who I am than I've ever been. I'm ra I've raised these kids. I have a healthy relationship. I have done all those things. And now I'm ready to start again. Yeah. And okay, I'm not the ingenue. Yes, I wish things were a little higher like they used to be. But I don't want to be back there. Right. I want all this experience and this more fully formed person. Now I'm ready to see what's next for me. And I'm looking forward. And I think it is changing a bit in the industry, but yeah. even in the industry, it's sort of oh, the yeah. 20-somethings and then God bless us if, if I can even be near Helen Mirren, but there's just this huge bracket in the middle mm -hmm. that have just, these women are fabulous. Yeah. And I want to change that. I don't, that I, I talk to women all the time and they think they're over. They think they're done. Many industries do dictate that. They do. And if they don't say it, you feel it, right? your value, you know, your currency sure. all of a sudden changes the minute your ovaries aren't, you know, yep. making the population yep. more. I see it around me. And it's the same thing that I noticed with postpartum. It's that you start talking about it and people say, oh my God, yes. Oh, but if you feel that way, oh my God, you can imagine how I feel mm -hmm. and we feel. And, and this community is just built so quickly. And it's a community that wants to tell the truth and talk about this stuff yeah. and get excited about the next chapter in our life rather than think, oh, we're all dried up and yeah. wrinkly and yeah. we've got nothing left to give. And, you know, and I, and so I started beginning is now, and now we're in the process of, um, going out to get financing, oh which goodness. is a completely, oh my God, devastating <laughs> endeavor for me. It, I mean, it is, it's, it's not easy. It, it's, oh it's honestly God. one of the biggest challenges of starting a business is actually raising money because you have to it, get in the, the room and stare at people and tell them why they have to give you money because this is going to work because. Exactly. <laughs> and if you've not sold anything yet, right. they want to know sure. what you've sold. And you're like, no, no, this is the point. Yeah. I'm here so that I can make something to sell. But I, I'm doing it and, and it's already, I speak at these conferences now and, and we do these sort of moderated talks based on all of, you know, the, what the community is asking for. And it's unbelievably moving to see what community does oh, yeah. and how we need each other to lift each other up. Yes. We're not, you know, this is not, there's no catty, petty, anything. This is w women really being what women are capable of. A hundred percent. And loving the men in our lives or loving the partners yes. or being whatever it is. Yes. Just the positivity of that there's more. 
Well, I've seen a lot of friends in the industry, to your point, I've seen a lot quit acting. Um, they just quit. Yeah. They said, if I get offered one more role to be somebody's like washed up mother or like divorce, mm -hmm. whatever, why can't I be like the lead anymore? Like, why can't I, you know, and they said enough happened where they stopped and some of them have gone back for like, you know, if it, if it really made sense for them. But I, I mean, you're still acting. I sort of am. It's all I really, I mean, oh God, I love comedy so much. It's to me, my, my dream is to do another, um, you know, sitcom or another yeah. half hour or something yeah. just because it's, that's the, it's You're makes so me the good happiest. at it. You're so Thank good you. at it. I love it so much. Thank you. And it's so comfortable for me. So, Which is so funny. No, no I pun know, intended, it's, but it's funny <laughs> that that's comfortable for you because Comedy, I think a lot of people don't realize, and I only know it just because I've worked with so many actors and and comedians. And I, being funny is actually the hardest part of acting, in my opinion. I mean, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, it's timing. It's, I mean, there's so it's much of it. Everything. It's so nuanced, and it's interesting because sometimes the broader the comedy, the more nuanced it is. Yeah. And. I've seen on when I was doing Suddenly Susan, you know, we got great guest stars all yeah. the time. And, and, these, you know, actresses and actors would come in that were these brilliant performers. And I was like, wow, they, they're not getting the, yeah, they're not getting the beats. Yeah. They're not like, and they're brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, and I thought, wow, the, the choreography of comedy yeah. is what I find fascinating. And, you know, when you're a second too early, you miss it. It's true. A half a second too late, you miss it. And then when you're on it and it's in the pocket, it's sort of like this otherworldly experience. <laughs> you know, it, it's sometimes I won't even remember what I did because you're so in the, you're in so the moment in it. of it, you, you know, like the choreography, like, like a beautiful dance number, you know, you, you rehearse, 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 and then you have to forget all of it. And just your body has to take over, you know, and I, I parallel the two often, um, and just the musicality of comedy, you know? Um, but anyway, so I, and I've been lucky enough to sort of enter into this genre of feel good movies, yes. <laughs> rom-coms, yes. you know, which we need no, so badly. They're not edgy. I'm not Doesn't matter. edgy or sexy or whatever, but, but there is such an appeal to me. And when you see how that just the respite, that these movies, you know, I used to think if I wasn't suffering, it meant I wasn't a good actress, you know, <laughs> and I have to be suffering and in drama all the time. And therefore I'll be valid and because nobody values comedy or comic actresses, you know, and I've just given all that, that stupid judgment up because I find such joy. I am telling you, I am the target. I am the, <laughs> I'm telling you, I cannot and will not watch a movie that does not remove me from mm -hmm. life. Life is hard enough, right? Exactly. When we watch a movie or a TV show, why can't we, why can't we be accepting of the fact we want to remove our brains, have an escape and just feel really good? And like my husband makes so much fun of me because I, I watch like we just flew to New York and I was watching like Made in Manhattan for like the 800th yeah. time. And I was right. working while I was watching right. it. And he was like, seriously? 
And I'm like, and he had some dark, like whatever movie on. And I was yeah, like, like, I don't, I don't, that, that's Game not going to work for me. Meets dark yeah. night, you know, and I'm, I'm just like, like, oh no, like lose me in Bridgerton, lose me in like, yeah. let my, let me just go there. Let me just like, you it's know, it's a vacation of, of, you know, it's a psychological vacation. And that's exactly right. Does, you don't even have to. Yeah. They're probably going to get back together in the end. <laughs> yeah, there's if they probably going to be a dog. I'm mad. I'm right. mad. I want the, the happy ending. The dog's rock. probably going to bring the slipper. And <laughs> and there's going to, you know, and you sort of just sit there going like, okay, but why is this so pleasurable to me? So, yes. you know, as long as I'm, and, and luckily I'm working in this sort of, you know, this with a, with a woman, I know, who is in, my boss basically at Netflix and, and, you know, that those are the stories she wants to tell. She wants Thank to God. tell stories of women over 40 who actually have a life and can be attractive and, yes. and can have romance yes. and, Lots and can of it. have family and can exactly. And, and that, you know, that's been missing. And so it's, you know, I used to be the ingenue and the young one, mm -hmm. but I'm, there's still more stories to tell. Sure. <laughs> no. Thank God. Thank I'm I'm goodness. just so and you know, I'm feel lucky. And I still want to see you. And I don't want you to go away. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I think you have a lot to say. And I think there's a lot of people that need to hear your voice. And I know you have a podcast coming out called I, I do. Called you know, I don't know if people need to hear my voice, but I do think that there there needs to be somebody who is at least telling other people's stories. Yes. You know, I, I'm not the expert in anything. I'm, I'm not, not going to tell you how to live your life at all, but I, exactly. <laughs> and I, well, I, you know, but that's a, a lot of people think they walk on water, you know, and I, I'm just treading water, you know, and I've been doing it for, since I was born. And so it literally, but what I have <laughs> literally, but what I have, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I have seen is enough to at least share the experiences, right? And the the I pitched this podcast because um, it's a there's stories that I've always been interested in hearing, mm -hmm. and it stemmed from something my mom would say to me. I mean, the irony is that I thought she was a genius. Turns out she was just quoting a song, but <laughs> she let me think she invented the the words. And it's just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, yeah, start all over again, yes, and. I was like, she's a genius. And then I heard it like Frank Sinatra or something. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she let me believe that. Okay. Um, but, but it is true. What is it that makes people go through experiences and not let them define them? What are the people, you, anybody, you could take the most successful person in the world. You can take a person no one's ever heard of. They've all failed, fallen, been scared, didn't get that thing had a loss, had an injury, had something that stopped them in their tracks. And what did they do at that moment? You know, what did, what did they decide? You know, yeah. who did they decide they were? Yeah. And I was in this hospital bed for a month and we didn't even no touch one could on visit that. me. Can, well, can, I, I can, broke my femur. <laughs> it was in a stupid, uh, what balance thing. And I flew up off, off, off of it. And I just went really high and landed just perfectly solidly on my hip and it broke my femur in two. And um, this was very recent. Yeah, it's a year now, a little over a year. And 
I didn't know if I was going to make it. I mean, I literally had multiple blood transfusions, had a staph infection and a blood clot. And it was like one thing after the other. And I mean, I literally thought, oh, this is how it's going to happen. I have this fabulous life. <laughs> I've, I'm ready to kind of live now on my own for my own self and whatever. And now I'm going to die because of this. And I realized, no, if you are, you're going to go out really fighting as hard as you can. And the first thing you're going to do is learn how to walk. And it was that devastating sort of realization that I thought, there's so much more I'm going to do and so much more I have to do. And I went and I, I pitched now what, you know, you read Michelle Obama's book. Yeah. She, she's got those moments yeah. and then you, you know, and every single person they'll tell you, I didn't know how I was going to get through this. Yeah. And it's those moments that I find revealing about people and so inspiring. And so that's the podcast called now what I, think that that's incredible. And I think you're 100% right, because it's ironic that we've all had them and not everyone talks about those moments. I think that those are the best. I mean, yes, they're mistakes. And, you know, you're ashamed you didn't get into that college. And, you know, I'm in a business that is, you know, you're, you said it. It's about um, rejection. You basically, it's all about rejection yeah. and you get rejected. So, and I think that that was interesting because we said this at my daughter's school. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, for every one thing that you get, it you've gotten rejections 50 times. So yeah. it's people only see the the successes. By the way, especially on social media, because wow. that's not real, right? Well, it was fine. We went, I just was in Greece for um, Marie Claire and you take the beautiful pictures of Santorini and the white and the, oh, da, da, the thing. And then you just sort of pan right and and uh, Santorini was beautiful. Everything was beautiful. Yeah, of course. But every single thing, you pan to the right, and there's all this barbed wire and garbage, and <laughs> you know. And I was like, oh, now if I post that, that sounds like I'm being sort of I'm degrading the the beauty, right? And yet everybody only sees the really perfect pictures. That's and exactly correct. That's exactly it's correct. all there. Before we go, I want to. I do like to always talk about because I feel like. As we climb to where we want to go, and we're both mm -hmm. still climbing, right? Like you never stop and go, oh my God, I've done it. Oh my God, I've done it. Because I get asked a lot. Well, like, I think that that's what people say though, is that they think you you get somewhere and you really, there's no there, there. There's no like, there. You really just, you just have to keep at it. And it's a hustle all the time. All the time. And, and sometimes you need to take your heels off, hit them into the, <laughs> and use them to come up. <laughs> Like little, like little pickaxes. <laughs> You're so right. And it's true. And you take the shoes and you use them as your equipment to get to the next yeah. place. And it's true. And I, and I think something I always like to really talk about, and I have a feeling you've probably had quite a few. Have you ever had those moments where you go, I'm done. I am so done with this. I'm done. Like I need to stop. I need to like quit what I'm doing now and like regroup or I've had enough pain and rejection mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I'm done. Like, and you don't even know what the next thing is, but you just go, I'm done. 
Um, have you had those moments? I have had them, um, but they don't, I never let myself live in them for too long. Right. But, but right. I have to entertain that. Totally. Because I feel, you know, you start feeling like the victim. Yeah. And I never felt sorry for myself. Right. That's not my approach. But I will say that so often I people are gunning for me. Yeah. That yeah. I want to just explode, yeah. you know, and yeah. say I've had enough of it. And I don't want rejection anymore mm-hmm. because I don't need it. Yep. I don't need to learn a story, learn a lesson. I don't need anything. I don't, it's like, you know, yeah. and, and then I say, what? So really you're going to, you're going to, then let you challenge win. yourself. Right. Exactly. Right. That you're going to let, oh, so you're just going to put, tuck your tail between your legs and just slink off. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. No. <laughs> then I'm like, mm-hmm. back at it again. You know, right. I'll show them. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the, the time that I think devastated me the most was, when I I handed in my obituary for my mom, the obituary I wrote, and you know, I paid my fifteen hundred dollars or whatever it was, you'd know, have it in the New York Times and you know, that's what I grew up knowing people yeah, did. And and they called me and said, you know, we we want to put it in a more prominent position. And I said, nah, you put it wherever you want, but I, I paid for it and I'm good, thank you. And they said, Well, we wanna you we don't want you to pay. I said, that's all right. I paid. Thank you very much. Well, could we just talk to you? And I said, no, there's nothing to say. I don't have to talk to anybody about it. She's dead. Okay. Read the obituary and that's fine. They call me back and they're like, can you just clarify some, you know, did she live in another city or does she have, you know, do she have any other siblings or blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh my God. Uh, yes. I answered those two questions. And they said, well, we want to put it on the front page. And I said, I don't care where you put it do whatever you do with it. That weekend on the, the Sunday cover of the section was nothing I had written. It was a scathing review of my mother's life. I was brought to my knees. I mean, I remember I was sitting, I was standing at the bottom of the steps and I just fell back on the steps and I just sat and just put my, and I thought, is there no justice decency right is there no what is happening in the world and i decided to write my book at that moment i said i am i'm gonna write this book because they don't get to do that to me they don't get to do that to me and i did think that i was done yeah you know yeah professionally for sure sure, because it all lumped in um so, you know, I think you have those moments, but you kind of have to allow yourself to indulge it and kind of wallow in it yeah. a, l- a little bit because it's real Yes, and it sucks. And, you know, my, my daughters have seen it, you yeah. know, they've seen me get rejected. They've seen me and, and they've seen me try and then something doesn't work out. And, you know, they see me you know, like the, the balloons at the Macy's Day Parade, you know, kind of get back up and, you know, let's get some more hot air in us and keep going. <laughs> but that, by the way, as a daughter, there's nothing better than seeing that in your mom because it mm-hmm. all counts. It all counts. Yeah. And, and, and they're amazing girls. And I think that your candor and I think that your humility is what keeps you going, quite honestly. Obviously, you're a warrior of another kind, but I think they've seen it all physically and emotionally, you know? 
I think that they, it's important that they see it is that because it's, you know, it's going to pave the road differently for them. And sometimes I don't have the right things to say, but I might, I might be doing something that they can witness, Yes, you know, and I think that that's, that is part of it, you know, and, and it's not hiding anything from them either. You know, it's, it's trying to understand where they are, but also let them learn where they are. My older daughter saw me crying once she was like two and I was in the car I and I didn't think she saw me. And she said, mama crying. And I, I thought, oh God, what do I say? Do I say, no, I got something in my right. eye. Do I say, I that. you know, no, your instincts are wrong, <laughs> you know, or no crying is bad. You know, it's a sign of weakness. And, you know, cause anything you say is going to, yes. they're going to go, oh, I guess you're not supposed to cry. Yeah. All these things. Right. So I thought, okay, what does she need to know? What does she need to know? I was like, she needs to know she's okay. Yeah. Yes. And she needs to know I'm still strong and I can still protect her sure. and I can still take care of her. Yeah. And I, I said, yeah, you know, honey, I said, mama just feels a little sad right now. I said, but I'm going to be fine and I love you yep. and you're going to be fine. Yep. And she goes, huh, mama crying. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. That's all you give me. <laughs> but you're right. You're so right because kids really just need to know they're safe. That's really it. That's the information well, they it's need. It's like when the kid falls and and I've seen moms run and they go, oh, right, my God, my God, my God. And I'm like, you're oh, fine. If someone I loved came at me with a face like that, I would think the world was falling apart. 100. I would think I was bleeding from the eyeballs, yeah. you know? And so I'm always, I was always like, hey, you all right? Good job. Well done. What a great <laughs> fall. Do we have any blood? Is there any blood anywhere? No blood. All right. You know, and just, and then you like wiki toy them and get them on to another topic. But like, yeah, no, it's true. It's true. My last question for you would be like, you've lived a hundred lives. Do you ever go, okay, the dream is this. Like in 10 years from now, I have to be doing this. I don't feel like you're that person. No, I don't like have tos because it, Sets you up for failure. But I I definitely keep dreaming of things. You know, I keep I keep hoping and dreaming. And, you know, and it's like I have big ideas for beginning is now. I can't wait. I'm going to do another television show. I'm gonna keep at this. I'm going to produce more. I'm going, you know, so it's like, but it's just that's not where I am right this minute. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right this minute, I'm in this phase where you know what? Yeah. We're waiting for this other movie to be greenlit. It might not be, but maybe it will be. And I'm in the process of growing this business. Right. So I don't sort of look too far in the future. Um, but you're living your dream theoretically, but I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm still reaching for my dream. You know, I'm always just gonna, and every time I get to do even a little bit of it, it just buoys me and I get so excited. And, but I know that I have to keep, I have to keep acting and I have to keep doing comedy because it's like medicine to me. Yeah. It's like the it's like blood in my veins. And no matter what else I do, whether I'm writing books or I'm doing everything else, it's usually I'm still, I go to sleep at night and I can't wait for the next character I'm going to play, you know, because that's so in, in my genes, you know. So it's nice to know that I'm... I'm still here. You're still here. You're still wanted very much by many people. 
Um, thank oh, you so rude. much. This was so much fun. I literally could talk to you until like Monday. But seriously, thank you. Congratulations on everything. I've loved you forever. I will love you forever. Thank and you. Thank you. Keep thank just you. It's doing. <laughs> keep doing world domination. And also like keeping the example for your girls because we need the girls to have examples like you. <laughs> well, and you, you know, you always you you said that to me that that like day in the closet. You were just like you should, you know, do the things that can help you make you feel good about yourself. Yeah. And if it's in, you know, Whatever if it's it in your adornment, you know what I mean? Like I love adornment. Yes. I love jewelry and I yes. love stuff and it's yes. just, and I'm not ashamed of it. And, I, and self-care is not selfish. And I, and pampering myself is not just a, a luxury that, you know, that I really should not, I shouldn't, you know, weaken myself to do that. No, all of it is so important in being the most that we can be. And I, and I'm, I, th I look to you for inspiration and I right thank back. you for that. Right back at you. And I think, um, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep yeah, doing it. We're just, gonna, we're, we're just going to keep yeah. doing this. Well, right? think, well, now we have to think of something to do together. I know. Well, I mean, we, we can do, do hundreds. There should be some We'll invent something. I can't do <laughs> Thanks comedy. Thanks for having me. I can't do comedy. No, no, no. I, I, it, that's <laughs> uh, and I can't do uh, fashion. So you, you will will be uh, so perfect. We'll figure it out. That's how we're yep. gonna meet. I love you right. madly. Have the best day. Have a great week. And kiss thank those you, girls thank you, and thank say thank hi you. to Chris. Okay. It's that time of the week where I answer your Ask Rachel questions. I love when you submit them, so keep them coming. The first one for this week is one that I've been asked over and over, but I'm here for it. Okay, what is your Dutch baby recipe that I see you making on Instagram? And I have to say this is the greatest thing to make in your home because it looks like you're a professional chef, but you actually don't have to be. There is a little bit of like timing and heat and things like that. And sometimes it puffs really high and sometimes it really doesn't puff. But either way, it tastes delicious. And it's been a family favorite for as long as I can remember, honestly, since I was a kid. And it came from my Nana, my grandmother, and then my mom made it for me and my aunt. And then I started making them for my niece and nephew who are in their 20s now. And they used to call it breakfast pizza. And now my kids just live for it. They beg for it. And it's actually really simple. It's like three eggs, half a cup of flour, half a cup of milk, tablespoon of sugar. And you really like mix it all together um, really well. And then you pour it in a pan in some butter. As soon as it hits the pan, put your pan in the oven on, I want to say, I think it's 425. Um, and you cook it for like 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes more, sometimes less. You just got to watch it. Don't keep checking on it because the puff will deflate. And then you add powdered sugar, syrup. Sometimes they melt bananas in the syrup or apples. You can do that as you wish. You can even make it salty. But I believe that it is a recipe that originated long ago in the New York Times food section. And it's been a hit ever since. Okay, what's my hair care routine? What is your hair care routine and how often do you wash? Okay, um, I've had long hair my entire life, except when I was 13, I had a bob and I never did it again. But the answer is my hair is very low maintenance, truth be told. I don't wash it often. I've been very blessed to not have greasy hair 
And I think because I don't exercise often, in full disclosure, I don't have to wash it all that often. It still is just very dry. I think because I have naturally wavy hair, it just kind of stays drier um, and less oily. But sometimes if I need a refresh, I use some great shampoo. I'm most recently completely obsessed with Olaplex shampoo, conditioner, the whole system, honestly, this leave-in cream conditioner. It's really been hair changing for me. I also love Jennifer Aniston's new hair care line, Lola V. I'm obsessed with it. It's really good. And it's not because I love Jennifer Aniston. I mean, I do, but like, I actually really love it. And I think we should trust her with hair. Um, So I would say I wash it once or twice a week. I do brush it. I recently discovered hair brushes like over the last year or two. And I realized it really goes a long way when you brush your hair. It makes it look a lot cleaner. And um, I wave it with T3 hair tools. There's a wand that has changed my hair life, my hair game that taught me over the pandemic how to actually kind of wave my own hair, which has taken me a lifetime to learn. But that's kind of the extent of my hair care. I use a little bit of hairspray to hold it, very light hairspray. I tend to use cleaner products. Since I got pregnant with Sky, I switched to much cleaner products. So yeah, that's kind of it. Very low maintenance on the hair front for lack of time, quite frankly. Um, Okay, don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Brooke is honestly one of the most well-spoken, hardworking, most dedicated, humble, hilarious people that I know. I have just learned from, from that episode, from talking to her, as long as I've known her, I just realized she might be the original influencer from doing ivory soap as a baby, and obviously all of us buying ivory soap, to modeling Calvin jeans, which I bought them the second I saw them on her. I literally told my mother I'd never ask for anything else if she bought those for me. And I mean, she really might be the original influencer. And, you know, when I think about sort of the young Brooke Shields and how I grew up knowing of Brooke Shields, I mean, she was by far the prettiest person I had ever seen or known of in my life. I actually didn't know it was humanly possible to be as beautiful as Brooke Shields. And she's still extraordinarily beautiful. And the fact that she said, I'm an icon, I think I'm supposed to be dead. I mean, there are so many things that she said in our conversation that I just took so much from it. And something I want to bring up is the common thread of so many women that I've been fortunate enough to have on this podcast were raised by single mothers. And I think I just want to say to the single mothers that listen, you know, my sister's a single mother. And I would just go down to say it's the hardest job out there being a single parent. It doesn't matter if you have one, if you have three, if you have four. I think being a single parent is just really hard. But what I want to say is that as I meet so many incredible women in my life that were raised by single women, there is no doubt that what you do really rubs off on your children and those around you. And I think that the work ethic that they may really struggle with as children really does impact them and I think make them respect, admire, and want to work and be dedicated to 
things in their life. And, you know, it just makes you kind of feel like it might be worth it sometimes if you ever question that in the moment. But I do want to say this was one of my favorite episodes. And um, Brooke is just extraordinary. So I hope you love this one as much as I do. Please check out Brooke's HBO Max movie called Holiday Harmony. And be sure to check out her new podcast, What Now with Brooke Shields. Thank you so much for listening to Climbing in Heels. And please don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcast because I love to read them. And while you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. I will talk to you next week. Mwah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.